Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Race for the Ring, Episode 83, Women versus Women. You're listening to The Race for the Ring. I am your host, Mindy Barnett. I'm an entrepreneur, motivational author, keynote speaker, television contributor, and a single mom. Since re-entering the dating world after my divorce, I found dating life eye-opening. In the age of Tinder, Bumble, and Hinge, there seems to be more horror stories and humor than happy endings among my friends and social circles. And I want to know why. Each week, we'll chat with a different dating queen or king, socialite or relationship expert, and explore the many facets of dating today, pitfalls to steer clear from, and how to find the finest fish in the sea. Get ready, set, go. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Race for the Ring. I am going to share a solo episode with you today about women versus women, which is one of the chapters in my new book called You Don't Need to Be a Bitch to Be a Boss, which comes out everywhere nationwide, October 26th. So this book is basically um, a breakdown of, of why when you're either an employee or you're leading a team or just in life in general, women don't necessarily need to be hard per se. Um, they really shouldn't be ever. Um, I refer to them as bitch. They could be bitch boss. They could be um, just kind of nasty. And there's lots of reasons why women sometimes do that in life, whether it be amongst other women or their peers or colleagues or bosses or whatever it may be, um, or employees certainly too. They A lot of women tend to lead teams um, with fear as opposed to kindness um, in the hope that they're going to you know, find respect and allegiance from the folks that report to them when the case is um, people may do as you say, um, because they're scared of you. That doesn't necessarily mean they respect or like you. And the turnover is obviously pretty quick and vast in those in those scenarios, to say the least. But for today's episode, um, because this is obviously a dating show, it's not a business show and um, or anything like that, certainly not self-help for the most part, um, we're going to focus on why women tend to compete with other women, whether it be in the workplace, whether it be in life with another man that's involved in the, the equation, 
or just amongst your friends and you feel like it's, it's obviously a sense of competition. Why is it worth even competing? It's really not. But there are positives to competing um, in the sense that you look at other women and you want to emulate them. Um, and you also, you know, look to other women as examples of what you hope to be um, in one shape or form. That's healthy. But when you look to other women and you compare yourself to them and you either feel bad about yourself or you find hatred towards them, that's clearly an unhealthy pattern and something that you should stop immediately doing and at least try your best to to try to break. And they recognize when you're falling into those um cases that it's obviously a really tricky water to swim in, to say the least. And it winds up basically biting you in your ass um, in the end. It, it, you don't show up as the best version of yourself. Often you don't pre- pre- perform to your best ability. Um, and it's obviously never good to compete with anybody in a negative way, to say the least. So I want to explore some of the notions um, that I dive into in my book in this chapter. One such case involves a group of women that I once represented. I'm not going to tell you the entire chapter. I'll just give you a snippet of some of the highlights from it and then some of the takeaways that I share at the end of each chapter. And then we're going to go into a little bit about why women might compete with one another for a guy, um, which I don't explore in this chapter. This is specifically just women can competing with women for, for work purposes and things like that. So when I worked for this, 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 um, this company and we'll call it company X, there were five female owners and they all had different roles. They all had equal parts of the company that they owned. They was like a, an even split amongst them, but they all ran different divisions of the company. Someone was in charge of the finances. Someone was in charge of the creative side. Someone was in charge of um, handling. A, it was a spa. So someone was in charge of the spa element. Someone was in charge of hair color um, and so forth and so on. And our role um, as a PR firm was to secure media opportunities for this company. So we had secured a really good opportunity for them on a local Philadelphia station. And I had spent a lot of time and effort into crafting this pitch and securing the interest. And we did get the interest and we were in the process of facilitating it. I want to back up and just say that we shared the, the, uh, the topic before we pitched it to the media with the owners. However, one was absent. She was away um, on a vacation with her family and she wasn't present for that particular meeting. But the other four were in unison that they all indeed wanted us to pitch it. So we did and we got the interest. So now we were in the process of facilitating and this fifth owner who was not in the meeting was um, irate that we were doing this segment. She um, had everything um, to say a against it. She was, you know, not open to doing it. She wanted to change a lot of the dynamics with it. And um, it didn't make any sense to me other than the fact that I felt like she was just probably angry that the four of them voted for it when she wasn't there. And I guess in her mind, perhaps, I mean, she didn't articulate this, but my thought was that she was probably mad that they didn't wait for her to return from her vacation, which was only a few days later. It wasn't like she was gone for a long period of time um, before giving me the green light to go ahead and proceed with this particular pitch. So 
it left me in a very precarious situation because I had solidified the opportunity with the station. And in doing so, I had to sell the story to them and be pretty aggressive, to say the least, to to get the interest and things like that. And once I did, then they had to sell it to their bosses, um, the, the, my contact at the station. They wanted to do the story and they planned on the story and they budgeted for the story. So in their mind, the story had to happen. If it didn't, things get canceled. And obviously, life goes on. But the likelihood that they would want to work with my firm again would probably be pretty slim to none. Um, Understandably so, because there's a lot of other PR firms out there. Um, They don't necessarily have to work with me. And... I, you know, I am very aware that I need them much more than they need me in this in this relationship that we have. So, um, and that's fine. So, I obviously did my very best to try to salvage this, the segment, um, but it was evident that it wasn't going to happen. And this fifth person was really going to create a lot of waves. And then I kind of weighed my pros and cons and was concerned that if we did proceed with it, because the other four were still on board to do it, and this fifth person caused a lot of rifts with the station, then it would be worse for me than canceling altogether. So I was very honest with the station and explained, not saying anything negative about my client, um, it's just that I wasn't going to, you know, they weren't able to participate. Um, and there was some like conflict in, internally about the, the topic. And I apologized for that um, and really didn't share much more than that. And I still facilitated the segment, but I had to find another salon um, to do it. So basically was working for free. <laughs> which was not good. Um, but I'm sharing all of this because this was an ongoing vicious cycle amongst these women. They were very catty. And this this one that caused the problem this time, another pro- person caused the problem another time. And it was like ongoing where they were all just trying to flex their muscles instead of working collaboratively together to, to um, have the same goal in mind, which was obviously to propel the salon's awareness and, you know, to, to get more clients in the door. So, um, they're still in business. Um, I don't know how well they're doing. It's obviously post um, pandemic, and this is more we're still in the pandemic, but it's post shutdown. So I think a lot of people in that industry have been hurt. But I don't really hear much about them. I don't see them on TV ever. Um, I don't see them in the news that often either. I certainly am not working with them anymore. Soon after that situation erupted, I resigned. Um, I felt like my my, my reputation was becoming, you know, basically it was becoming more of a situation where I was in jeopardy and I felt that they were more of a liability than an asset to my repertoire of clientele. So I followed the guidelines in my contract and gave them notice and then went elsewhere to represent another salon, which I was able to secure lots of media for. And it was smooth sailing for the most part after that. But I, that resonated with me and it obviously stuck with me enough that I was able to share um, much more than I'm sharing with you right now in that in that chapter that I have women versus women um, as an example of how when you don't work together and you do act bitchy, um, it definitely um, backfires in your face and you basically wind up with um, more or less nothing. Another story um, dates back to when I actually first started out in business. Um, I was working with a very small store in a remote little town called Haddonfield in New Jersey and was hired by the owner of the store to put together events for her and her her customers, basically, to put together these shopping nights. And 
you know, it, a lot of the information, in all honesty, the, the whole event itself was her idea. I certainly added a lot and pulled some resources and added my own creativity to the to the mix. But overall, she named the, she named the event and she did um, the client I'm talking about and, you know, basically came up with the concept and she just needed me to more or less execute it per se. So um, things were going great. I, you know, was working very hard. I put together monthly events for her and enjoyed that. Um, not really an event planner. I never wanted to be. And my PR firm definitely does do some events, but that's not our thrust. So, you know, it was fun for me to have a, like a little bit of a different project to work on monthly as opposed to, you know, the media strategy that I they do day in and day out. Um, but around the same time, there was another PR firm um, in the market that was more established than I was at that point, my career. And the owner was also putting together events. Uh, I'm not sure what the frequency was. I'm, I think it was more quarterly than monthly, but um, they were events where it was like a, a girl's night out um, situation. In fact, that's what the two events were called, to be honest with you, um, which is not reinventing the wheel to say the least, but they were indeed called girls night out. And um, her events were basically like, I don't I'm going to use the word smorgasbord, but it was actually really well thought out and creative. She had a lot of high end, um, different businesses kind of all under the same roof and, you know, solicited to her database. So she was bringing in new people that these clients essentially didn't know to kind of shop the products and things like that. And she made it like really fun. In fact, I remember when I heard about it, um, I guess after I was hired to do this event, um, I was like, Oh, it sounds fun. I want to go. Um, but anyway, she found out about my event and because my client's event was named the same as her event, which was named by my client, as I mentioned, um, cause I was actually against the name as I felt like it sounded like a girl's night out that bars hold, um, on Friday nights or whenever they solicit for women to come out cause they're hoping to get more male patrons to go with more women or in the bar. Um, when, when she found out about my event, she was really angry and she basically, um, went after me, uh, personally and professionally and she sued me and she sued my client and she did it in a very ugly way and she conducted herself horrendously. And I know for a fact she was trying to sabotage my business because I not only did I hear it through the grapevine, but it was very evident through the variety of communication exchanges we had that she was not happy that I was starting my own PR firm, even though I didn't know her from Adam other than just knowing who she was. Um, and I guess she was not keen on competition, which is kind of the point of my story of sharing this like tidbit with you. So um, she did make a dent in my business because I was just starting out. And while I didn't lose, um, we actually went to arbitration and, you know, it was understood that it was not really a, a real case because Girls Night Out is basically um, kind of a universal name. Um, I did agree to change the name to of this event, which I was actually hoping we could have done from the get-go <laughs> um, to something better, in my opinion. So um, other than that, that's really all she gained. Although she, I did have to hire an attorney and it was expensive for me and it was stressful and you know scary because I um, had literally just started my business about maybe a year before, maybe even a little bit less than a year. And 
And I wasn't used to that. I mean, I came from TV news and I definitely was, you know, dealt my fair share of women who were not always the nicest. And because that's just the industry, I think overall, um, I never really had someone go after me personally like that. Um, and I honestly didn't think her argument was founded. I didn't, I could see that if there was other circumstances surrounding why she went after me, then I would understand more, but it was, it didn't really make any sense other than the fact that she was trying to shut me down, which she obviously didn't do. Um, but she tried and that was really eye opening to me that someone would put that much effort into trying to hurt another woman or another person, male or female, actually. Um, so I, um, you know, dive into that whole notion of that. I share more information about that case because it's quite juicy to say the least. And there's many more details that I'm not disclosing with you right now that will make you laugh and also <laughs> cause your jaw to drop to say the least. Um, but I also explored, you know, why that's the case. I interviewed some psychologists uh, about women, you know, competing with other women and why that's so, as well as obviously, as I shared a little bit earlier about what healthy competition looks like. And so you can tell the difference between the two. Um, so some of the, uh, this, the actionable tips I offer in this book, I, at the end, at the end of every chapter, I have what I call bitch bullets and they are basically tips for you, how you can, you, you know, that you can implement into your day-to-day life and not be a bitch or not be mean basically. And kind of like when you're frustrated and angry, um, what you can do to basically kind of rise above that ugly feeling. So in this regard, um, I call this bitch bullets supporting your sisters, right? So a couple ways that you can aim to help other women like yourself is to form a close circle of female friends who are like-minded. They are in similar industries or they maintain similar titles. So if you are in PR like me, you might have a group of women that you, you know, communicate with that are in PR or marketing. Um, or if you're a an owner of a company like me, an entrepreneur, you might surround yourself with other entrepreneurs and have like a network of women like that to kind of ask questions or support one another as things come up because they always do. And that's just something good to do. I have both actually. I have a, a lot of women that I'm friendly with and I associate with on a regular basis who are entrepreneurs. I also have um, a nice hand, handful of women that are in PR, men too, that are in PR that I am very allegiant to. We actually refer business to back and forth and we run ideas by or if I'm dealing with a crisis situation with a client. Um, you know, I always like to kind of um, pick variety of brains so that I'm making the best decision for my client, even if, you know, I think I know the right answer. I always double check to make sure before I put them out there like that. Um, it's just really good and it's good business and it's good for you. Uh, amplify your female coworkers, hard work, recent achievement or contribution. You can brag about her to your teammates, um, or even your boss boost her up and others will be inspired to do the same. So it's sort of like give what you get, right? Or give what you hope to return, get in return. Um, so always, you know, obviously cheer on your, your coworkers and, um, you know, pat them on the back and things like that because it makes them feel good. Even if they are, you know, 
people in positions that are very lateral to yours. Build a bond outside of the office. It's equally important that you maintain strong ties with female coworkers on a personal level in addition to a a professional one. So as I mentioned earlier, obviously forming those close-knit circles um, to, to talk about, obviously, professional situations, but it's also really good to talk about personal stuff. I mean, I have gone to my, uh, you know, other PR people's like weddings, um, um, unfortunate funerals. Um, I've gone to birthday parties for them. Um, you've become like very, very close on a personal level too, and they've done the same for me. Show up for your sisters on social media. You can retweet her comments. This is an easy thing to do. Um, share Instagram stories and compliment her on her post. Is that support goes a really long way and it's something that takes literally like 30 seconds of your time. I often, um, whenever I have an Instagram friend, female or male, but mostly female um, in this regard, they will tag me in a story that has absolutely nothing to do with me. I always share it to my stories because my I want my followers to see what she's up to. Um, I have another really good friend that is in the clothing industry and she has her own clothing line and I'm always sharing information when she posts things. I share it on my feeds and things like that to support her. Um, just some examples of things to do. Oh, I have another friend. She she wrote a story. Um, I think it was for the Huffington Post. I forget exactly which, which online outlet it was. I'm almost positive it was the Huffington Post. And I shared her article on my LinkedIn page because I thought it was awesome, but I also wanted to, you know, heighten awareness for it. And there was actually another PR person that I'm not even that really close with. Um, I mean, we're friendly, but I don't talk to that often. She's not in my tighter circle of, of, you know, industry friends. And she wrote an article for a Philadelphia publication and I shared it. She didn't ask me to. She didn't even tag me or anything. I just liked it. And so I shared it. So I wanted to help her. Um, take the time to be a mentor in some shape or form because we can all learn from one another regardless of rank. And that is so, 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 so true. I learned so much from my younger employees here at MBN Associates on a, a pretty much daily, especially when it pertains to tech and stuff. And now that I'm in graduate school, um, there's a lot um, on this digital platform that's uh, affiliated with Pepperdine that I am so not savvy with. And not to say my employees are, but they just seem to have a better knack for some of it than me. So they're taking a lot of time and kind of teaching me um, whenever we have a little bit of downtime here at MB about different things that um, I need to do so I can figure it out quicker on my own. And it's been really amazing. They also really spearhead the social media that we have here um, at MB and Associates, not for MB and Associates only, but we also offer that service to clients. Um, it's a whole other division of the company that we, we now have um, as of a few years ago. And um, they're awesome at that. And I oversee it, but the, the truth is like they really run it. And I'm really grateful for that. Um, and then when I need to know things or I have questions about things, they teach me. Um, I'm learning about TikTok from them. I'm learning about editing on TikTok and um, all of the the day-to-day stuff that goes into video um, shooting and things like that. So that's a little snippet from my book. There are 10 chapters and each of them focus on different ways that you don't need to be a bitch and why you shouldn't be a bitch. It's part memoir. It's part... Um, 
science um, and article referencing and things like that. So there are actual like real research that I'm sharing, not just my own sentiments and stories, which I think are good on their own. But I definitely wanted to make it worthwhile for you. And I did some interviews also with um, a psychologist um, that I work with closely um, to kind of share a little bit of insight from a psychological level on why women tend to err towards being meaner when they really shouldn't be. And a lot of it has to do with like lack of self-confidence and just, just upbringing truthfully um, in a nutshell, but there's a lot more than, than that, certainly. So let's talk about women competing with a guy. Um, there are two main theories of why women are competitive indirectly in aggressive ways. Um, Evolutionary psychology, which uses natural selection to explain our modern behavior, says that women need to protect themselves. So we want to protect our men. We want to keep the guy that is of our interest level in our corner because um, that goes back from our instincts from the cavemen years when they were the obviously the provider and things like that. Um, I lean towards this one. A feminist psychology um, theory chalks up the indirect aggression to internalizing the patriarchy. Um, basically, they're saying that women come to consider being prized by men their ultimate source of strength worth, achievement, and identity, and they are compelled to battle over other women for that prize. So I suspect that this theory is kind of alluding, and I'm learning this in school, that that basically you take theories and apply it, and and there's really no wrong answer. So my interpretation is basically that if you are after a guy and there's another woman involved and you happen to earn his, his interest and love, then that's the ultimate prize. It's more I guess, valuable to the woman that's competing um, than if you were to just earn him on your own without another woman being in the picture. So you're beating out another woman, basically. And that becomes, um, I guess, a valuable situation to you. Um, So we want to basically turn on one another in order to fulfill that I guess, feeling of, of superiority, if you will. Um, it also tells us the research that women are compelled to level the playing field by any means necessary to make sure that we have access to the best genetic material. So if there's a hot guy out there who is um, an overachiever and super successful and um, great body and great personality, um, and obviously there's other people vying for his interest, You want that because you want your babies to obviously (laughs) have those traits. Um, I don't necessarily agree with that theory. Um, Although when I was younger and I was considering having children before I was married, I definitely looked at guys I was dating to think what and thought what like the kids might look like. <laughs> I can't lie. But now that definitely wouldn't really be an issue for me because I'm not having any more kids. Um, but I, I think that might be the case maybe for younger people who are obviously of childbearing years for sure. Another theory of female competitiveness um, basically states that we aren't competing with other women ultimately, but with ourselves, with how we think of ourselves and how we look at other women and see them instead of a version of ourselves, which is better, prettier, smarter, something more. Um, so basically saying that 
we look at other women and then we see them and we compare ourselves to them. And I think this is something that I explore in my book about, you know, women looking at other women and then feeling bad about themselves because they, they don't have the same great job or maybe they're not as attractive as the other woman or maybe that woman has like what it looks like this perfect family situation and like an awesome husband or whatever it may be. Or maybe it's like material things that you want that p- other people have that you don't necessarily have because of your, I guess, like economic bracket you fall into or whatever. Um, that's what that theory is basically stating. So basically an- another um I don't want to call it a theory, but another standpoint on this topic I want to dive into just a little bit is how a strong woman will essentially fight for her man and not compete for him. So if you are in this situation and another woman enters the picture, um, this is basically for you. So there's a big difference, right, between fighting for someone and competing for someone. So when you're in love, you fight for each other which means basically there's an effort being put forward on both sides. But when you and your partner are taking an action to keep the relationship alive and well, that's fighting for one another. Everybody has ups and downs and everybody obviously has plateaus and times of like, you know, uncertainty and things like that. But if you're both in it to win it, then that's basically the the most ideal situation ever. So fighting for one another is awesome and it's obviously necessary for the relationship. And women have no problem for fighting. If we love man, we will go to bat for them. That's for sure. However, competing in a relationship means that something is taking your partner's attention away from you, whether it's another woman or it could be their job. Maybe they're just overwhelmed with their new job or new position or a project on their plate, or maybe they have a new friend in the picture, you know, you have a guy that you're dating and they have this new male friend that's kind of like sucking up their energy. Um, something is putting you in a position that you feel like you need to fight that against that person in order to maintain that love that's competing. So if you're willing to let something come in between you um, and kind of like work it out with your partner, it won't necessarily have the same, you know, um, ugly feeling that a comp- competitive feeling may. Um, so that's really important to keep in mind, I think for sure. Um, things happen in life and the new people enter the picture all the time. Sometimes it could be a woman. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that your partner is going to stray. They often say, and I believe this, that if someone's in love with you and they, you know, and, and something comes into to distract them or try to distract them, they're not going to stray because they love you. It's when they, they stray that, that it's obviously painting a picture about what your relationship really is. So um, that's all I'm going to say about that. I felt that on both sides of the fence um, at different times in my life. And um, I think when the relationship is solid and it's meant to be, nothing's going to like pull that bound apart. So that's my update with that. <laughs> So that's a little bit of a snippet on to you don't need to be a bitch to be a boss. Um, Again, it comes out October 26th. So if you'd all basically order, maybe pre-order on Amazon or when it comes out, um, I'm going to be running another contest soon. I meant to do that much sooner than now. We're going to do that with my Patreon um, platform in the very near future. So stay tuned for more information about that. And I'm going to be doing a lot of book signings throughout the region, um, starting in New York. Um, I'm going to be doing a big event in um, New York City on October 28th. 
And then um, I'm doing some things coming up in Chicago in November, as well as Los Angeles. And then I'm going to be likely going to be doing some events in Southern Florida in December, like between Christmas and New Year's. I'm going to be spending some time there for personal reasons. But um, I have some signings booked in Key Biscayne, and I'm doing something in West Palm Beach, and perhaps Miami. Um, that's still up in the air. But those two are definitely on the agenda. And I'm going to be also doing two events in Connecticut, one in Fairfield and the other in, gosh, I can't remember the town, but it's closer to this. It's closer to like, I believe like Hartford, if I'm not mistaken. Um, they're both at big libraries um, and geared towards women's groups and things like that. So if you're in any of those areas, I'd love to see you come say hi. Um, I'd love to meet some of you. It'd be awesome to put faces um, to uh, all of the awesome comments and things like that, that I see on a day-to-day basis on Instagram, as well as um, obviously social media. I mean, sorry, not social media, um, the podcast show notes and things like that. So Anyway, thanks for tuning in and I thank you in advance for rating and reviewing as I always beg you to do and I will catch you next time. Thank you for listening to The Race for the Ring. If you liked today's episode, please write us a review. They can make or break a good podcast just like a dull dude can be the kiss of death to a date. I'll catch you next week and in the meantime, be sure to say hi and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. My handles and contacts are in the show notes. It's been my pleasure to have you along for today's dating debate. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.